No matter where your business is in Canada, connectivity shouldn't be a concern. Whether your business is rural, remote, or urban, reliable, scalable internet is available to you and your business. Explore Business is expanding our network. With our extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're able to bring you the connectivity your business deserves, with the ability to grow right where you are. With investments in fiber and 5G technology, Explore Business is your new choice for business internet. Get connected with Explore Business today. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, we'll speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. We'll examine issues, solutions, and hope outside of the city limits. Clearing a New Path podcast is an invitation to listen and learn along with me, on the road to building a more united, feminist, anti-racist rural Canada. One rooted in diversity and driven by reconciliation. Let's learn together, clearing a new path. In April of 2023, in the town of Norwich, Ontario, the Municipal Council voted to ban all flags, except for Canadian flags and provincial flags. At the same meeting, the Council refused to recognize a Pride celebration and voted down the creation of a DEI committee. This isn't a new fight in this town, and it's not a new fight in rural Canada. Protests at drag story times are growing, and a veil of intolerance is not only lifted, but being shouted proudly. This episode, I speak with two community representatives that refuse to give up. Tammy Murray is the president of the Oxford County Pride Committee, coordinating pride events throughout the county of Oxford. Her day job is being the proud owner and operator of diversity counseling with a clinical approach that supports breath. <clears throat> in three, two, and one. In April of 2023, in the town of Norwich, Ontario, the municipal council there voted to ban all flags except for Canadian and provincial flags. At that same meeting, the council refused to recognize a pride celebration and voted down the creation of a DEI committee. This isn't a new fight in this town, and it's not a new fight in rural Canada. Protests at drag story times across the country are growing, and the veil of intolerance is not only being lifted, but it's being shouted proudly. This episode, I speak with two community representatives in the Norwich area that refuse to give up. 
Tammy Murray is the president of the Oxford County Pride Committee, coordinating pride events throughout the county of Oxford. Her day job is being the proud owner and operator of diversity counseling with a clinical approach that supports best practice perspectives in the area of mental health wellness. Tammy is also a workplace wellness facilitator for Homewood Healthcare, providing psychoeducational wellness workshops throughout Southwestern Ontario. Patricia Marshall is a neurodivergent demisexual woman of mixed Anishinaabe, Celtic, and German descent, and a resident of Oxford County. She is mom to four children, two of whom openly identify under the 2S LGBTQIA umbrella. And she's the soon-to-be wife of a proud Haudenosaunee descendant. She is the founder and director of ISON, Ingersoll and Area's Indigenous Solidarity and Awareness Network, as well as a member of the Ingersoll Accessibility Committee and Ingersoll's Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Tammy and Patricia, thank you so much for joining me today. This is such an important issue, and I think rural Canadians really need to understand and hear what's happening from your voices. Tammy, can you start and explain what has occurred in in the last little while in Norwich and and relating to Pride and and the Council? I think in doing so, we have to go back about a year or so. Many of you will remember that Norwich was also a hotspot last summer in June 2022. And I believe it was April or May, the business, the BIA actually received unanimous approval for Progress Pride banners to be put up on three hydro poles downtown Norwich. As we all know, Jacob Day took it upon themselves to, you know, create some violence there, homophobic violence, and remove them, was charged. Unfortunately, uh, minimal consequences occurred in those charges, if any, if you ask me. Again, kind of sending a message to the 2SLGBTQAI plus community that, you know, people can express violence and homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia, and apparently get away with it. So fast forward, progressive a year, and of course we did do some challenges. We did talk to county council. We wrote letters. Fast forward a year, here we are again, and Norwich Township, and I believe it's, it, we all know it's a very secular group of people from a local uh, religious institution in that community that have maintained a great deal of power. I, I actually call them the, the oppressors, and they continue to marginalize anybody in that community that doesn't toe the line of what their morals, their values, and their perspective are. To the degree, and I think this needs to be more well known from a southwestern um, Ontario perspective, they will not allow businesses to open on Sunday. They will bully and brow and they have bankrupted businesses so they cannot open. So this is not new behavior from this group of oppressors. This is consistent behavior. So, uh, you know, here we are a year later, you know, unanimously, all councillors plus the mayor approved the the banners. And now suddenly, as a result of homophobic violence that we, we recognize was demonstrated, now three of these councillors have, you know, changed their mind. Obviously, uh, Councillor Scholten was the one who put in the absolutely horrific and homophobic uh, motion that was particularly and very clear about banning pride, progress pride flags from any banner or flagpole in the township, which we all know is against our church. 
Charter of Freedoms and Rights, our Ontario Charter of Rights, and we will be following through with that. And unfortunately, the mayor endorsed it. And there was another councillor, I believe, Cowenberg, who also endorsed it. Alicia Stubbs, who was uh, our advocate in our corner, she was the one that actually put the motion first to actually fly the flags and the banners. And this was the recourse that we got as a result of that, unfortunately. And uh, you all seen what happened. We've all heard what happened. They are now refusing to fly any banner or pride, progress pride banners anywhere in the township. So in essence, though, they're they're banning all flags that aren't Canadian and provincial flags, correct? Canadian or provincial, yes. The three tiers of government. Now, you, we'll see what happens because there was also some weird... I, I, I'm going to be honest. The meeting itself was really highly unethical in terms of the council meeting. It was very unclear what the motions were. The motions were changing by the minute in the meeting, which we all know is against Robert's rules. And, you know, so I'm not even clear what the exact outcome is because there was some, uh, you know, reference to still being able to have banners that reflected beautification of of the downtown, but apparently a rainbow doesn't, and and it makes absolutely no sense. So moving forward, we are seeking some clarification. We've also connected with the ethics commission around that as well. The meeting was absolutely ridiculous, and it was very apparent to me that the mayor had no clue how to facilitate the process. And the mayor said something that I think is really critical to your your human rights claim is that he voted in what he thought represented the town. That's why he voted that way. And I, do you think that that represents the town? I know it doesn't. 100% I know it doesn't. It doesn't It doesn't address any of the multicultural or oppressive issues in the town. What it did do was feed into the power of the oppressor. It was ridiculous. It absolutely gave the oppressor full power to be able to legitimize their behaviors and to continue to discriminate and harass. And we know there's harassment. I mean, there were almost over 100 flags destroyed last last year in Norwich Township. I don't know if there were 100 flags throughout the county, let alone in that township. And, you know, talking about burning, um, we had there was an individual who actually had some youth come to their home, pulling up their shirt and showing a gun. Little did they know it was a toy gun. And it's only a matter of time before that gun isn't real because these people are empowering, you know, this type of behavior. And now they have had that validated by their municipal council, a level of government, the government who oppressed us in the first place. You know, it makes absolutely no sense. They are, you know, and, and at the end of the day, they need to be held accountable. Patricia, you have been following closely. Obviously, um, you have an organization that represents under-recognized folks, the Ingersoll Indigenous Solidarity and Awareness Network. And what are your thoughts? I think that this is honestly just straight up bigotry. I won't sugarcoat it. I won't use any other word. This is bigotry in 2023, and it's ridiculous. They tried to word this motion in a way to exclude the 2S LGBTQIA community. And then in a way to try and hide their bigotry, they changed their motion to exclude all flags other than the Canadian, Ontario, and Norwich flag. We are already all in the fight to begin with here. But now you are either penalizing a single group of people or penalizing every marginalized group in Canada. Neither is okay. Neither should be tolerated and neither should be supported. The fact that all organizations in Oxford County are not in an uproar about this and calling out Norwich and doing something about it actively is saddening. 
as somebody who identifies under the 2SLGBTQ umbrella and as the mother of two children who also identify under this, Oxford County needs an awakening. We need education. We need understanding. I have a grade five student who identifies as two-spirit and during their indigenous education, they were told by their teacher that their identity is too mature for their class to learn about. What's too mature about being two-spirit? Because my child is a proud Indigenous child. They learned about the fact that the binary system was a colonial concept. They finally saw themselves. They finally found the words and they stood up and told everybody. And now they are constantly discriminated in Ingersoll. They go to a rally to support their fellow to us LGBTQI community. And they get told by young adult, young men, teenage, whatever age range they're in, that they're an abomination for accepting themselves for embracing their indigenous heritage and their identity. And now the county of, well, sorry, the city of Norwich has gone and passed motions to support this thinking when already in the United States, there are constantly laws and bills and motions being passed to discriminate the 2S LGBTQI community. It's no longer safe to be queer in America. Canada is supposed to be a safe haven. We are supposed to be working to be a progressive nation. We have made commitments to the 2S LGBTQI community as a whole, as a nation, at all levels of government. We have made commitments to the Indigenous community at all levels of government. And now here we are at a municipal level thinking they're big enough to just spit in the face of all of that. It's enraging. It's depressing. It's, there's not even a word to label it. It's just discrimination and it's it can't be tolerated. This would prevent also the flying of banners to do with National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, flying banners to do with the Every Child Matters movement. This would prevent people from supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. This would support moving forward with flags to celebrate the neurodiversity community, which is just finally becoming accepted as human. We have fought and struggled for that right alongside the 2S LGBTQ community and the Indigenous community. And a lot of people in the neurodivergent community also identify under the 2S LGBTQI umbrella. And so this is just Norwich saying that they do not support anybody who identifies as Indigenous. They do not support neurodivergent folks. They do not support the 2S LGBTQ umbrella. They do not support diversity, inclusion, or equity. And I think that Alicia Stubbs deserves like a cheer for everything that she has done, especially being put in the position she's been put where she can't even, she's not allowed to say much because of being in politics. And that's a really hard position to be put in as an advocate. And she's been put in that position by the men who sit on council with her, who won't even pay her the respect that she's due being on that council and address her by her first name instead of using her titles. It's just every layer of homophobia and um, sexism and racism was exposed in that meeting. And with this motion, they have put a big sign. Welcome to Norwich. We do not accept you unless you are white and Christian. I, I want to understand, and, and, and maybe, you know, it, we can't, but is this come from fear? Homophobic means fear, right? And 
Are they hiding behind Christianity, though, as a way to allow them to be bigots and racists and homophobes and transphobes? So there's lots of people that are religious that also support living as your authentic self. I think that this is a certain group of white men, I will say it, and their wives or their followers that don't understand and refuse to change. And they're holding on with clenched white knuckles to the last embers of white supremacy. I will say that because that's what it all is, right? There's so much intersectionality to it that white people, it's our time to actually step up. White, cisgendered, hetero people who have comfort in that privilege, it's our time to do something. And so what is that? What can people do? Well, I think part of the momentum, if you don't mind me answering this a bit, Patricia, is is really what the directives that are moving forward with diversity, equity, and inclusion. We've seen some incredible work here just with the county council, Woodstock, the city of Woodstock, Ingersoll is doing some incredible work, Zora is doing some incredible work. We've recently been able to hire in the last year a um, diversity, inclusion, and equity officer. The challenge is, is that People have to want to learn. I'm the co-founder of Pride. I've been doing this about eight or nine years. And there are some people who are not interested in learning due to their own cognitive dissonance, quite frankly. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it is about learning and understanding that privilege and power of being a white cis uh, man. And, you know, and I find it very interesting that, and I'll be honest, Mayor Palmer was very inappropriate. He, at one point in that council meeting, used this hand gesture to shush Mrs. Stubbs. It was absolutely misogynistic and disgusting. So I think it is about that learning, that education, and, and there is still a great populace out there, and we're seeing it. We saw it with the Freedom Fighters. Let's be real. Let's acknowledge that because that's a component of what is happening in Tilsonburg and Norwich, feeding into that white supremacy kind of analogy. We're seeing that, and we're seeing that, you know, that influence. And, and unless they, we, they start to look at you know, that pr- power and privilege, which they're not interested in doing, and quite frankly, I acknowledge that in the, in the meeting. They, of course, it's hard to give up power and privilege. But they're not interested in giving it up. They're interested in maintaining it. And quite frankly, they've been maintaining it for many, many years. It is not a new saying in the town of Norwich to have the English and then us. It's a very well-known phrase. This is ingrained historically. Let's be real. Part of the church modality is having power over women. They're not allowed to wear, you know, pants. They're not allowed to cut their hair, you know, so why do, why would I expect them to embrace something as different as my family, even though I have the exact same rights and freedoms as they do? Do I think it's fear? Absolutely. Do I think it's fear of loss of control and power? Absolutely. You know, and I think they use this as, you know, these analogies of splitting and divide, like how dare they accuse our community, the 2SLGBT plus community as being the division? Really? With all due respect, there are many, many of us for many years that we're in the closet, we can't come out. And there are still many people in Norwich, Ontario, who are scared to death. I have received a copious amount of emails over the last week about parents are fearful for their children's lives. We have a bursary 
that we give out every year. It's a $500 bursary for the Oxford County Pride Committee. I might as well plug that while I'm here with you all. And that bursary was funded and has set, was set up by a family who lost their child to suicide. And I have no doubt that part of those, the, that, those concerns were due to that marginalization and isolation. They lived in Norwich, Ontario. He was six, they were 16 years old. So, you know, so we created the family were amazing and, and they donated proceeds from the, the um, donations back to Oxford County Pride. And we are going to keep that legacy moving forward because we know those kids are at risk. You know, the church claims being scared of us when, in fact, we are the ones that, you know, our flags are being ripped down. People are bringing guns to our homes. I, I think there was a rock thrown through somebody's window on, after the meeting on Tuesday night. We had to watch and observe an orange and white truck with magic marker penises written on it that said, fuck you, Trudeau, on the back of that truck. It was a big glaring flag, right? And that truck circled that council meeting the entire night. They did it to intimidate, to intimidate us, to be, you know, to, to try to maintain their power. They called people names. They were absolutely disgusting, right? And at the end of the day, I can't put up a rainbow banner, but I have to look at a fuck you Trudeau sign on a back of a truck that is roaming around um, Norwich Township and purposely doing so. It's absolutely incongruent. It makes no sense. And it just validates and I think um, widens the lens to the reality of what's going on here. This is a small cohort of religious zygotes who are looking to maintain their power of oppression and they're scared to death to lose it. And that's what's happening. And at the end of the day, they should have never had any of that power in the first place. You know, and we know that they they were unwelcomed by their you know home country and that's why they integrated into Canada because of this behavior. Patricia, go ahead. They've passed these motions. These motions have now been written into law. And when you pass a motion and you write something into law or being even temporarily, it opens up a slippery slope. It validates the idea of discrimination. It validates the angry, oppressive behavior. And it's just terrifying. The fact that youth in their own community have to be afraid for their lives either from peers or from themselves at the end of the day because of all of the bullying and harassment they have endured is devastating. And if any parent of any child of any gender, sexual orientation or otherwise can hear that and not feel moved, they need to do some internal reflection because these are children. These are children who are learning to discover themselves and we should always be supporting each other as adults, but we should always always be doing everything in our power to make sure that our youth are having a safe and bright future. In Indigenous teachings, we talk about seven generations, thinking about how your actions will impact seven generations. And it's just consistently demonstrated by our governments at multiple levels that they are not thinking about the future generation. They're thinking about what money they can save now, how they can hold on to that power, what people would be best to silence because they're going to challenge our power and our way of thinking. And it's consistently demonstrated and repeated over history. We've seen this happen time and time again in time immemorial where a select group of people have decided that they feel more powerful than others. They don't agree with the lifestyle of another person. And so they decide to persecute and harm those people. In recent history, most often it's been the Christians of several denominations. We saw it with residential schools. We've seen it with the 2 LGBTQ community. We have seen it in multiple incidences all over the world. And to allow religion, which is supposed to have no place in politics, might I add, 
to have sway over a vote is not ethical or democracy. When I think about religion, I think that at the center of it, in any, re- any religion across the world, is love, right? Love, acceptance, compassion, empathy. Those things are universal in any religion. So I'm puzzled always. But again, there's two, three things at play is patriarchy. There's capitalism. And then there's white supremacy. So let's look at capitalism in a a town. So if you're not welcoming, no one is going to want to live in your town and nothing progressive will ever happen because you are excluding and yelling, like you've, you've both noted, from the rooftops that you're not welcoming to, to anyone from a bigger city that might want to set up a plant or that wants to, you know, move, work remotely, start a company. So I am baffled by that, that there is no thought about progression, technology, anything like that. I mean, if you can't see the compassion, empathy angle, then why can't you see the economic development angle? I'm surprised that that a town would be that short-sighted, like you say, you know, the seven generations. This is just until the next council, right? Until they get voted in or not. So they're appeasing their friends and not the town. So I guess my question is, what's next? You just bring up a really valid point. And I think one of the reasons why the BIA, and I've been consulting with many BIAs throughout Oxford County, actually started the initiative is because it makes money. We know that diversity and equity and inclusion is profitable for business. I think, you know, I just read a Chevron report where it's 25 to 30% increase in business. If you demonstrate you have a, a, a pride flag on you or something that, that represents the indigenous community, people will spend their money. We are becoming more and more informed on how we, how and where we want to spend our dollars. So again, makes no sense that something like that wouldn't be a part of the beautification of small businesses in any township, in any county. I, you know, I really have to applaud, and I'm going to say it, St. Mary's, Ontario, they are kicking it, man. And I don't know if anybody saw, and if you don't, if you haven't, check it out this year. They went full full on with their banners down, downtown. They had almost every flag that, uh, that was inclusive in the 2SLGBT community. Um, that's what we should be doing more moving forward, to build tourism, to build that capacity within our community. But I'm going to be honest, they don't want that because that would mean they'd have to open up on Sunday. That, you know, and and again, I I have to tell you, there's a lot of power in this community. And, and I mean, there are laws, we are freely, freely allowed to have a business open on a Sunday. That will, good luck, go for it. I'll have it. Go to Norwich, Ontario on a Sunday. The only two places that are going to be open is a 24-hour variety store and Tim Hortons. And I can tell you that I guarantee that Tim Hortons is feeding some money into another area of the community in terms of that secular group to be able to do so. Because it was a problem when they moved that Tim Hortons there. I know it was for a fact that they would be open on a Sunday. It's absolutely ridiculous. So this is, you know, from that big lens, it really is about power of the oppressor. And it's ridiculous. You know, and I I agree with Patricia. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Go ahead. I think our uh, warden of Oxford County said it best during the uh, town uh, 
County Council meeting was that what p- residents of Oxford County want is to feel like they belong. And this does the exact opposite of it. So what is the point? Are, is Norwich just saying that they don't even want to support the views of Oxford County? Because that is my take on it. And I'm sure lots of other people see it. And I know that the on Facebook, every single comment that has been in support of what Norwich has done has brought up the fact that, wait, we need to make the 2SLGBTQ community be seen and suppress religious views. But religious views have been suppressing other views for so long. And we have already said for a long time now that religion has no place in politics. But we have been saying for a long time in Canada that we are a multicultural, diverse nation. That And like I keep saying personally, we're a rainbow of diversity. Whether that be your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, whatever that is, we should be being represented by our politicians at every level and be able to see ourselves seen. And if we can't see ourselves seen in the actual physical appearances of our governing bodies, then they should be taking it upon themselves to even be more conscientious with their thinking and the policies and motions that they put into being because they need to make up for the fact that they aren't being a visible representation of the public that they represent. And Oxford County wants to belong. Just to dovetail on that a little bit, um, I found it very interesting that in all of the three motions, and just to be clear about it, they are refusing to proclaim Pride Month, they are refusing to develop a DEI committee, and they are refusing to fly Pride uh, Progress uh, banners. So again, it comes back to the education and the choice to want to learn. When you refuse a DEI committee, and they're not the only community, I'm not going to out the other one yet because I'm still giving them opportunity to, to, to kind of get to where they need to be. Um, when you're refusing DEI and you are all white, heterosexual, cis, either male or female, in a position of power and pri- privilege in a municipal government, I really have a lot of questions. You know, and, and, and I saw that clearly in both of those, you know, in both of the delegations I did, not the county one, but, but in Tilsonburg and in Norwich, they don't see this as oppression, you know, oh, we all, you know, and I hear it, I hear, well, we all have the same freedoms. Yeah, but it wasn't always that way. Historically, I did not have the same freedoms. And I talk about that. I, I, I mentioned that at county council, I couldn't get married until 2006. Seriously. Like, you know, my first child, her birth certificate doesn't have her mother's name on it, the other parent, um, because we had our children before that was legal. Um, you know, these are, this is histor- history. We, th- and we know the atrocities of the Indigenous community. Fortunately, it hasn't been until, you know, literally the 70s, not even the 70s, I'd say the 80s and 90s. Sadly, I can say I was alive during that time where we started to actually even acknowledge there was an atrocity. Otherwise, it was like, oh, they're they're there, you know, that wasn't a problem. They're there. Oh, don't don't complain so much. You have what you need now. Well, that doesn't help. Doesn't help my great 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 grandparents, or my great great grandparents, or my or even my grandmother, you know, and with the atrocities that she came through from the Second World War and living through that. So, at the end of the day, until we understand that damage history is done. And, and the work that oppressors have done, like you said, with capitalism, there's a reason why oppression occurs. It's profitable. 
That's why slavery never changed. We all know that. They didn't want to, they didn't want to have to pay people to do those jobs. They were getting people to do for free. Come on, let's be real people. And it's the same thing moving forward. We really need to look at, you know, these, these power perspectives, shift the lens. And, and, you know, yes, do I think every generation gets better? Absolutely. And I see that. I see that with my kids' generation. I saw that on Tuesday night. I can tell you when we first did our pro- first protest in in Norwich many years ago, we had very little support. I can guarantee you last Tuesday, we had at least a 50-50 split. And a, I'd say 25% of those people uh, that were there for the 2SLGBT community, they were youth from high schools, from communities. The moms and the parents were bringing them out to this event because they want their children to be safe in their communities. They do not want to worry if they walk out, you know, wearing a rainbow on their jacket that they're going to get beat up or terrorized or, you know, some orange truck with penises written on it with a fuck you Trudeau flag is not going to circle them all the way around town because that's what exactly what's happening. It was deplorable and despicable. So the scariest part about those people too in that truck was that they didn't discriminate against a either. I brought my 10-year-old child to that protest and they were trying to get my 10-year-old to engage in a fight. They even went as far as calling them an abomination. And I had to hold my child back because like my child is, they're getting to that point where they want to defend themselves. But like, why is this what we're setting children up for? This story isn't over yet. Not by a long shot. Oxford County Pride plans to launch an Ontario Human Rights Tribunal complaint. And it sounds like they have a case. This is not an isolated incident in one part of Ontario. This is happening all over rural Canada. And these conflicts, these fights, these disruptions are going to continue to happen as folks hold on to power. Get involved. Want to keep the conversation going? Subscribe to the Clearing a New Path newsletter. Drop me an email, follow the podcast on social media, and or you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by The Hankering Studio. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Thames Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and Mississauga or neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to the studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. I will speak to many more people across Turtle Island this season, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of colonialism, the TRC's calls to action, and to reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth and Creator for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 